Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to go to the mailbag. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff that's been backing up on me here, and I'm going to try to pull some of it out of here. The first one is a gentleman sent me an article about 401ks. And he's all excited because, well, at least, I don't know, maybe he just asked a question about it, but it seems like he's excited, that there's going to be, they're trying to pass some laws that will make the 401k a little more open as to what you can invest in it. And there's a big, long article about it. And basically, the outline says, lawmakers introduced bill to diversify retirement asset plan. So what they're saying is it's going to let you maybe buy some real estate into your 401k, maybe buy some other types of things in there besides stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, which is pretty much all they've let you buy in there. They might, you know, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, that's about it. And uh, that they're going to open this up to other types of investments. Now, why would they do that in the first place? Let's just get into that. It's because the 401k is notoriously the worst investment you can possibly make. They invented the thing to get out of being able to create retirement accounts by owners of businesses. Okay. There were pension plans and they, the pension plans were breaking the back of almost every company that had one. And so they decided what they do is they'd let them do something called a 401k where people would now, you, yourself, I, we would all self save for our retirement. We self-fund, I guess is the word I'm looking for, for retirement. And they put this together where your employer could contribute to something, to whatever you put in. You could, They could contribute a small amount. You could contribute a small amount. And then it would be tax deferred. And the theory behind the 401k is that the money grows tax deferred. Um, the problem is the 401k just doesn't grow. It's based on investments that don't grow. They're based on assets that go up in value, down in value, up in value, down in value, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so they can see that the 401k doesn't work. So let me go ahead and take you to this next article that someone sent me. And let's see here. Where does it state this? 401ks have been a complete failure. The rate of return earned on the average 401k over the last 30 years is 1.4%. So there you go. There you have it. Obviously, you're not going to get rich on 1.4%. In fact, you probably do better than that in a savings account. But they're saying it's because it's you know tax deferred that allows more and more money to grow at that 1.4% rate. If you know me, you know I've been destroying these things, the efficacy of 401k for the last 32 years since I started. And I could go hours into why the 401k doesn't work. Today, I'm taking on one point, And that point is they think they're going to change it by allowing you to buy stuff inside of the 401k. 
Well, buying real estate inside of a 401k, the same as buying real estate inside of a self-directed IRA, is a terrible idea. It doesn't work. So, Dell, why doesn't it work? Don't I get to be invested in the same deals that you're invested in? No, absolutely not. What happens is the 401k owns the money that you're investing or the IRA, self-directed IRA. And so you put that into some type of a deal and whatever money's earned goes back into the 401k, which means you earn nothing. You have no income. The idea behind investing is having income. Rule one, don't lose money. Rule two, there's got to be cash flow. But you have no cash flow. You are feeding an animal that you're going to feed for 30 to 40 years of your life, hoping when you get to the other end of this animal that you're going to be able to retire on it. And the reality is you're just not going to be able to do that because it's not going to have taken and changed enough to make it where you can retire. As compared to buying assets outside of the 401k where you get cash flow the entire time you own them. And that cash flow compounds and builds. And the other thing that it doesn't take into account is that there's tax advantages that are available through real estate investing. And those tax advantages are not going to be able to be benefited uh, because of the fact that um, they're going to be inside the 401k. And so you get no tax advantages. So the income you're earning which would have been tax-free, tax-deferred, could be tax-deferred until you're 80 and then given away and then tax-free. All of that potentially tax-deferred income, the kind that allows many of us to not pay any income taxes at all because we have so much deferred real estate depreciation that we're able to write off many, 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 many amounts of income that you just can't do if you have your investment inside of a self-directed IRA or a 401k. And so, again, the 401k, even if you put real estate inside of it, is going to be a terrible investment. It's not going to do the same thing. Now, let's take it one step further. When we buy real estate, we are real estate experts buying real estate. When a 401k buys real estate, it can't be a real estate expert. So it can't benefit from any of the tax advantages that comes from being a a real estate investor. So that income that would have come in, depreciation covering the cash flow, um, potential long-term gains being covered by long-term capital gains and or depreciation, all the income, when you finally take it out, becomes ordinary income and gets taxed at ordinary income rates. So here we sit. We've got a situation where it doesn't work. No matter what they're telling you, the 401k, no matter what you stick into the inside of it, still comes out a 401k. You want the 401k to work. Your employer wants the 401k to work because he's been told his entire life that the 401k works. The government wants the 401k to work because they realize that a very high percentage of people in this country are going to retire or not retire is more likely the case in poverty. You're just not going to have any income. And they're not going to have any income because they've got their money in the 401k and the stock market is down 30 to 40% already this year. And that's your life savings. And it's gone. And you did it. And they told you to do it. 
and you believed them. Now you think putting real estate inside of that is going to be the solution. It is not the solution. You're not going to be able to get the good real estate deals inside of a 401k. If you do, you're not going to get the tax advantages and you're not going to be able to use any of the ability to get the income to you. It will not come to you until you're 65 years old. You're wasting your time investing into a 401k. Stop doing it. Please listen to me. If you want to be retired someday, I retired at 34 years of age. I've retired thousands, tens of thousands of people now over the last 32 years. And the people that are retired are the ones that did what I told them to do. They invested in real estate on their own, or maybe even as a pass investor, which is not as good as buying your own real estate, but it still has many more of the benefits that you would get that you still wouldn't get inside of the 401k. That's the bizarre part about it. People take their money out of the 401k to invest in real estate. They take it out of self-directed IRAs to invest in real estate. Why? Because if you ever take the time to look into this, you're going to find out that unless you take it out of those instruments, you're not going to get all the benefit that you would have gotten by having your stuff outside of the 401k. Today I'm in the mailbag and I pulled out an email here that came from an old, old, old time member. I'm not saying that he's old, but he's been a member for a long time. And he's sitting in a situation right now where he has nine rent houses from a long time ago that produce about $70,000 a year in cash flow, he says. He's in one passive deal and that passive deal is about to sell and throw him off about $160,000. So he's asking what is his best path to take. And um, since he's from a long time ago, he came up back when we were, as a group, still buying a lot of small apartment complexes ourselves and really getting the best bang for the buck that way. Also, or buying single family houses. He elected to buy single family houses, getting a very high bang for the buck. He's sitting here asking what his best out come or what his best approach would be to get the best outcome right now. He's a doctor. He makes quite a bit of money and he wants to replace that income, which is interesting because since he's been gone, the real estate investing market has changed quite a bit. We used to be able to make massive rates of return. 20, 30% a year was average for us. We'd sometimes we were making some incredible gains on capital gains of 100%. 200 percent. I've even seen people make as much as 300 percent. Back when the stock or when the real estate market crashed, we were able to buy stuff for next to nothing. So he's been around since before all that stuff, and who knows what his expectations are. But they're definitely not what the marketplace is today. Now I'm going to do a whole show on where the marketplace is today, but not today. Probably look forward to that tomorrow. But the market has changed, and it's continuing to change right now. And that's a whole, like I said, a whole nother can of beans right there. But within that, where we're at today, the rates of return on these investments is nowhere near as high as they were back when he got into this uh, real estate investing. Now, 
are they still higher than what everything else is? I just told you, 401ks are averaging 1.7% for the last 30 years. Uh, real estate's still producing about a 30% return when you look at it in totality. Uh, cash flow anywhere from 5 to 10%, and then you've got tax benefits, then you've got long-term capital gains. We've got refi benefits. There's all kinds of things that come out of it that bring the return somewhere around internally at about 30% return is what we kind of look at right now. Now, that, by the way, is going to get better in the near future because of the increasing of the interest rates that they're out there and the lowering of prices. Interest rates go up, prices go down, and we're able to buy stuff at more realistic prices that mean higher long-term rates of return profit for us. I say long-term because the interest rates are going to suck up the short-term profits uh, as long as the interest rates are high. Now, when I started real estate, interest rates were 12%. You say, so now they're like 5%, probably going to be 6% by the end of the year. Um, See, that's terrible. They were 2 and 3%. Yeah, they were 2 and 3%, and people bought stuff and paid ridiculous prices for it. Now, they've moved up, and people are going to have to pay lower prices to make the deals make sense. And that's a benefit to you if you think that through correctly. You're buying at a lower price. You're getting a better deal on the actual asset purchase. Think about buying a car. You could buy a Corvette for $10,000. You could buy a Corvette for $30,000. But at $10,000, the interest rates are 12%. And at $30,000, the interest rates are 4%. You say, well, I'd rather have 4% interest rates because I can afford the payment. Yeah, but you're paying three times as much for the car. And, you know, by the time it's paid off, you've probably paid five times as much for the car. So you're better off buying it at a lower price, putting more down and making uh, payments, larger payments and benefiting from the lower price for the exact same asset. And it is the exact same asset, by the way. So in this particular case, he comes to this next question. It's an interesting one. He says, "Is it has anybody been successful at buying a couple of small apartment complexes in the same area, but not contiguous, not next to each other? So he points out an eight unit he likes, an eight unit he likes, another eight unit, an 11 unit. And he's asking my opinion, can you tie these three together? And the answer is, in the past, when we knew no better, you know, ignorance is bliss. When I first started, I had no idea what was right or wrong and what worked and what didn't work. I could go buy three small properties and manage them all myself, spread myself out over three properties, and it was no big deal. Um, If I had large enough three properties, I could put them together and put one manager in them, but they had to be close enough together that manager didn't mind traveling from one to the other. But once you get to the point where you understand that that's a total of 27 total units, you go, man, you're just so much better to buy 30 units altogether. Just so much better off. Why? One location, one manager, one maintenance man, one place to go, one set of landscaping to take care of, one set. Now, What happened in the old days is in these smaller properties, we really didn't have a manager. There was no manager. There was no maintenance guy. You might send a landscape guy company to come by just like you would to mow your yard, to mow the yard. And so a lot of the reoccurring consistent costs were not there. And so these things were very, very profitable. 
back when we did these types of deals. And he was around during this time, and he saw lots of people doing these kinds of deals. So it's logical for him to ask this question, think, hmm, isn't this a, you know, an easy way to go? One other factor that plays into this, though, and that's fear. He makes good income. He's a doctor. He's got money. He had all he's ever bought is houses. And by the way, who knows how much equity he's got tied up in all those houses? Could be millions. It just I don't think he's even thought about that yet even. But he likes one at a time because it's not that scary. So now he's going, okay, I'm going to get up a lot of guts, thump my chest, and buy eight. <laughs> That's going to be my big scary step. I understand it's the way I made the steps when I started because I was afraid and I had no mentors. I had nobody to help me figure it out. I had nobody to tell me that I probably just should have went ahead and bought the 30 units. So in this particular case, I'd have to say he's probably a whole lot better off buying himself a 40 or 50 unit apartment complex where he can hire himself a manager, hire himself a maintenance man, and then have a life. And at the same time, make the high rate of return that owning your own property does. If he doesn't want to do that, then being a doctor, his second best choice is going to be to go out there and be a passive investor and get with some other people that are willing to go out there and manage those properties to a high enough level of profit that he can get his share of that. We'll be back with the mailbag and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer, not because that's the way it's set up, but because of the knowledge. When put into action, knowledge is power at Lifestyles Unlimited. We empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income. For over 30 years, our successful members share their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into the knowledge. Attend a free workshop online. Register now at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, I'm doing the mailbag, and I got an email from a guy who's not a member of Lifestyles Unlimited. I'm going to read it, and uh, it's a bit of a interesting approach to uh, questioning about Lifestyles Unlimited, so I want to bring it up and see what where it leads me. It says, my name is blank, and no reason to give out his name, and I've been listening to your show podcast for years. I'm not currently a Lifestyles member, but I'm considering joining. I'm an accredited investor. Now, by the way, accredited means that he's worth over a million dollars or he makes over $400,000 a year. Uh, by definition, and I have already invested in passive deals with other syndicators and have had good success with those investments. All right. So do you hear what he says? I'm already doing this. I'm successful enough that um, I obviously know how to, to do this and do it right and make and invest in deals. Um, I've done these deals and I've had success with them. 
So he goes on and says, my main interest in joining Lifestyles would be to get access to your lead investors. In other words, these are the syndicators that put out our deals. My question is, how do they, the leads, differ in their approach and deal structure from other syndicators? From what I've gathered, they don't do waterfall structures on the back end of the deals and may have more skin in the game than syndicators. Now, to be fair, one syndicator I work with had $2 million personally in the deal uh, and signed on the debt. From what I can see, to become a preferred member and get access to your leads, you have to incur a cost. I'm struggling with that cost um, as to why I would pay that to give someone my money. And so in answering this, I'm going to piecemeal it together. But I wrote the guy back and I said, well, there really is no reason for you to join Lifestyles. And I'm not trying to be flippant, number one, nor mean or rude, number two or number three. But the reality is Lifestyles is an education and mentoring program. And we teach people how to read. Well, we teach people how to invest in real estate. Let's start with that. Then people who want to become syndicators, we teach them how to put together syndications. And then people that want to become investors in these syndications, which we call passive investors, uh, we teach them how to do that. Now, we have educational programs at each of those levels where a person, if they want to be a certified lead, have to pay and go take the training classes and, to be a certified lead. But during that time, part of that training is they have to agree to what we call our white paper. And our white paper is put together over the last 30 years of experience of making sure that leads take the correct actions as best as we can possibly teach them, as best we can possibly get them to agree to follow the best practices that would lead to a great outcome as an investment or to as best outcome as possibly could be expected, right? And so to get into that, these individuals, both men and women, they first have to take classes to learn how to be a real estate investor. They then have to take classes on how to be a uh, investor in a syndication, and then they have to learn how to put a syndication together and how to operate it and how to, to manage a group of properties as a syndicator. And this is one big, gigantic, massive training program, right? So what does a guy from the outside get coming into here? He basically just gets an opportunity to invest in somebody's deal. And that's what basically he's asking to do. He wants to come in and just invest in these deals. But what he doesn't understand is that the reason this system is there is because over the last 30 years, everybody has got into the program, has agreed to follow the rules. Now, you say, well, Del, well, that's simple enough. I'll agree to follow the rules. No, you won't, because why? Because everybody that has agreed to follow the rules has first joined, paid the money, and put skin in the game. So, well, why does a passive need skin in the game? We're investing in the deal. You need skin in the game because there are as many crazy passives as there are crazy leads. Because there are passes out there that will just drive leads insane with stupid ideas about how real estate should be operated. And all of our people are on the same page. All of our passives have passed the exams. 
They understand how these deals are supposed to be put together. They understand how they're supposed to operate. They also understand what the white paper says so they can keep their head uh, on a swivel looking for people that won't follow the rules. And you say, well, why would somebody pay you the money and not follow the rules? Because it's worth millions. Millions. Let me say that again. Millions upon millions of dollars of profit are made in these deals. And these syndicators slash lead investors are guys that pass the test and assign and sign the white paper and agree to follow the rules. They're called lead investors. It's a term I came up with um, here at Lifestyles. It's not used in the marketplace. Syndicators used in the marketplace is the term. So you're not probably going to hear lead investor unless you're talking. In fact, if you do hear lead investor, you're talking to a Lifestyles member or someone who's following what we're doing, Right. So when you look at these situations, this guy wants to get in, and I'm saying to you, there's really no reason to get in, and because if you're already finding all the investments you want, you say, well, if on that's not true, and I want to be in these these deals that are safer, well, then you've got to pay the same thing everybody else paid to get into that group. It's one big giant happy family of people that all agree, and we all have skin in the game. The skin in the game makes sure that we follow the rules. If you don't have skin in the game, there's nothing keeping you from breaking the rules. You say, ah, I don't care. Right? And so that's what he's trying to find out. And bottom line, he said, well, why don't you just publish the white paper? Because it's proprietary information. It's how to operate properties correctly. It's not just how to set up the syndication and how to do the documents. We've got attorneys that do all that stuff. It's how to operate the properties. Lifestyles Unlimited has won over the last 16 years in a row the National Apartment Association Real Estate Investor of the Year Award every single year for 16 years. I started in 2006. I won it in Houston, then I won it nationally in 2007. And every year since 2007, we have won a National Apartment Association Real Estate Investor of the Year Award. Now, there's 44,000 independent real estate investors out there in the National Apartment Association. 44,000. And a Lifestyles member has won it every single year. So what you're seeing is that they're very, very, very profitable and successful. And that's what the gentleman probably doesn't understand. Um that it's worth it on multiple different levels. If nothing else, just the education. You know, I've never had somebody go through my training class, never. If somebody didn't come through the other end of it and go, you know, I didn't even realize I didn't know all that stuff. It's just one of those things. Everybody thinks they know everything because they don't. You don't even know what you don't know in most cases when you're out there doing something brand new. Now, this guy's already been doing it. He's been doing it for years. Well, if that's the case, then there's no reason for him to pay to come inside of a private group. We're all a private group that agree to do things our way. Now, one last thing, and I'll leave it, and that's this. I have found syndicators from outside of lifestyles do not like coming into lifestyles because they don't want to follow the rules. In fact, many lifestyle syndicators leave lifestyles so they can get away from following the rules. Why? Because the rules are put in place to protect the passives from the leads. Yes, I said it. 
I love the leads. The leads are the people that get up and get things done and make things happen. We all love the leads. But, hey, it's the leads that do something wrong enough that end up hurting the passive's lifetime investment. And it happens. So the bottom line is many, many leads leave lifestyles. So they do not have to follow those rules any longer. And they come up with all kinds of excuses. Well, it was this, it was that. The bottom line is if someone was an investor in lifestyles, a lead, and has hundreds of millions of dollars at a moment's notice, can pretty much take care of any deal they ever want to do, and they leave, it's only for one reason. That reason? They want more of the profit on their side of the table and more of the risk on the passive side of the table. And if you understand that and you realize that's what's going on, then you're going to be able to understand why we're set up the way we are. Today we're hitting the mailbag and uh, someone sent me an email about an article. Quite honestly, this is well above the average person's uh, pay grade here. But I'm going to go ahead and see if I can gleam a few ideas out of it for the rest of you. The article is about um, what we'd call the family office. And the family office is basically the concept that once you get to a certain point in wealth, you spend your time not actually operating businesses anymore. You actually get to the point where you operate what your money does. So... Once you get to that point, and I'm at that point, I know Curtis Haynes is at that point. I'm sure uh, Scott Tenney's at that point, uh, a few other people that I know of, um, just throwing a couple names out there, where they just don't really even care about the getting out there and running the business. They don't want to run a business anymore. They're really just out there controlling the wealth that they've built. So let's step back and let's talk about building wealth for a second because it's wherever you are in life is your perception is a reality. So the first perception is to be a Dave Ramsey type of follower. Dave Ramsey followers broke. They have no idea how the world survives. They have no idea how they can survive. They're deep in debt. Usually they're terrible with their savings accounts. Um, they just, they don't understand money. They never have. And Money controls them. They don't control money. So the Dave Ramsey show, the Dave Ramsey program, the whole thing is wrapped around how do you learn how to have a eighth grade financial competency? How do you not be in debt? How do you, you know, save some money? How do you invest at even the lowest levels, right? And that is the Dave Ramsey level. That is just purely trying to get to an eighth grade understanding of money. In fact, by the time I was in eighth grade, I had more understanding of money than that. That's irrelevant. Here's what is relevant. There are different levels of wealth building in your life. And kids start out in that that relevancy that Dave Ramsey's helping even grown adults try to work their way out of. But the people that get past that, they, they get to me. These people are what we call beginning wealth builders in many cases. And what it is, it's the first time somebody's actually made it apparent to them that you can build wealth. That is not just barely keeping your head above water. That's not what your life is made out of. 
is that there is a way, no matter who you are, no matter who you are, you can work and save and invest to the point where you're going to grow wealth. And when you grow wealth, you're going to get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. In the beginning, it's a crawl. Beginning wealth is very painful for a lot of reasons. Number one, you're doing against everything you think to be true in life and uh, doing things that just they're counterintuitive. Everything you ever thought you wanted to do with money is wrong. And learning that it's wrong is painful. Then doing the opposite is even more painful. And when you start doing that and you start seeing wealth building in your family's financial statements, it changes your life forever, completely changes your life to where you see, wow, there's a chance I don't have to be this poor schmuck that I am. And I don't have to be the poor schmuck that my parents are. In fact, you might even believe your parents are okay. You might believe your parents being wildly middle class are okay. And they are okay as far as just being people. But they have no idea, none, how money really works. I don't care if they're an attorney. They don't understand. I don't care if they're a teacher. They're not educated. I don't care if they're a preacher. They're barking about the wrong stuff. It doesn't matter. They're wrong. Because you could be an attorney, you could be a teacher, and you could be a preacher. And you could be wealthy. All of those things do not prohibit you from being wealthy. But all of those things do not mean you will be wealthy. And I mean, come on. Think about being a preacher for a second. Instead of being a broke, chalice preacher, wouldn't you like to be a multi-billionaire you could give money away just to everybody and help everybody? Don't you think having money would make you more effective at helping people? than just getting up at a podium and talking to people every day or every week? Of course it would. Do you not think that being an attorney would make you way more effective? If you had a lot of money and could take cases that you really thought were important, of course it would. But, hey, teacher, do you think if you actually look successful, kids might listen to you? And so the beginning wealth process is the most difficult of all of the steps of wealth. But then the accelerated wealth building process occurs. Once you've figured it out and you realize it's true and you get it, now you're throwing everything on the wall and seeing what you can get to stick. I mean, you're taking money out of your home. You're taking money out of your 401k. You're taking it out of your IRA. You're selling off all your crap. You're getting all your money and getting it all invested to where you're growing exponentially, then that money is growing exponentially, and then that exponential wealth is going to lead to massive wealth. And at some point, you're going to be massively wealthy, and you go, you know what, I don't need to work that hard anymore. In fact, I don't need to work at all. So then what do you spend your time doing? You simply spend your time managing your family's resources. Because now what you want to do is make sure that the next generation doesn't wipe out the gains you've made. So hence you create the family office. You are now controlling the wealth for a mega number of people that will be touched by that wealth. And it's now your responsibility to do so. 
Hope you all have a great day. And remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.